Hey, all right. Welcome to episode two of Junk Air Sports Cards. Uh, I know a lot of you probably been uh, wondering if I'm going to post again. I've been saying I would, and uh, finally getting around to it. Uh, and of course, today you can already see that uh, I'm going to be talking about King Griffey Jr. But I also want to talk about uh, uh, grading cards, cards that get graded, professional graders, stuff like that, and see. Uh, kind of point some of the differences out or let you guys take a look and talk about those. But, uh, yeah, sorry for the delay on, on, uh, posting another podcast. I, uh, went on uh, vacation, extended vacation and drove across country and back and took my, uh, took my youngest daughter with me and we went to a lot of places and, and, uh, you know, we had a good time. Saw, saw Mount Rushmore and Crazy Horse and Deadwood and, Drove through Yellowstone and, and into California and stayed there for a while and drove back. But so that kind of delayed a few things and and uh, kind of slowed the whole process of talking about King Griffey Jr. and his uh, rookie cards and how they changed the uh, the industry altogether. Uh, primarily the uh, 1989 Upper Deck King Griffey Jr. rookie card, which we can we can see right there in the center. Um, the uh, the 1989 King Griffey Jr. Upper Deck card, the the the, the Holy Grail of that 1989 year, right? He uh, uh, that card really really revolutionized uh, sports cards as we know it today, and it it, it changed the industry, and uh, it really got a lot of companies like Topps thinking about what could happen. Um, and uh, of course, Upper Deck really came on the scene. That was their inaugural year, and and of course, card number one was uh, was King Griffey Jr. And uh, the uh, the card itself, if you look at the history of it, really really kind of set the standard for for cards today, and what what collectors and hobbyists alike. Uh, kind of want to see in a card other than just your basic cardboard appearance that prior to that all cards had unless you were sports flicks and uh, you know the, the the 1989 year it, it it you know obviously you know it produced one of the greatest baseball players of all time King Griffey Jr. but uh, the uh, the upper deck card it, it was card number one uh, it was very common to pull, you know, three, four, five out of a out of a box of of that low series 1989 upper deck, um, and it wasn't until high series came out that it was a little bit harder, only because there were now more cards in that 1989 upper deck. Um, of course, that whole year of 1989. You, you had uh, 1989 Don Russ, okay, this one right here, you had 1989 Don Russ, that was his, his uh, uh, first Don Russ rookie card. Um, you had the, the 1989 Fleer, and uh, uh, that was his first Fleer card. I still think is one of his best cards that, that's ever came out. I, I've always liked the 1989 Fleer uh, King Griffey Jr. card. Um, he had he had uh, also he had the '89 Bowman uh, that came out, 
And other than those three, the only one that was not included in a set was uh, trying to do this without knocking things over on my cheap budget, right? So, and no, I'm not in my mom's basement. I'm actually in my own basement. So the only other card that came out that was a regular card that you could pull from a pack of cards was the was the King Griffey Jr. card. Of course, when I say you could pull from a pack of cards, that was, you know, your mainstream cards, you know, you... You had the the Don Russ and the and the tops and the Fleer and the score, um, but you weren't going to pull a King Griffey Jr. from a score pack. It just you had to get that from from the traded set from the 1989 score traded. That was the only way you're going to get a, a King Griffey Jr. Um, you had the uh, if you wanted a tops, the only way you're going to get a tops is if you pulled it from the tops traded, the 1989 tops traded. So you you weren't going to get it from from going to your hobby store and and buying the card, it was just something that wasn't uh, wasn't going to happen. Um, the uh, um, I'm kind of scrolling through Beckett as I, I talked to you Beckett online, and you know he probably there's probably about 30, 40 rookie cards or cards that you could pick up from from King Giffrey Jr. in that 1989 year. Um, but the only ones you're going to pull from a pack, again, you were only going to pull that, that Bowman, that Don Russ, that Fleer, and that, that 89, uh, that 89 upper deck. Th those were the only ones that you were going to pull from a pack. Um, the, the 1989 upper deck King Griffey Jr. card, um, you know, I said on a, on a Facebook post at Junk Air Sports Cards that, it, it really revolutionized the industry and, and made other co other other uh, sports card companies step up their game. Uh, just the appearance alone, uh, Upper Deck was was first on the scene, more or less. Um, you know, it, they definitely took off right away. The, the 1989 Upper Deck took off right away. When you open the pack up, the, the the foil pack itself it wasn't a wax pack it was a foil pack it had a, it had a different appearance um just the you know it, it, you kind of had to rip it open or tear it open you know versus a wax where you kind of could unfold it or whatever you know um score kind of had something similar to it but theirs was more like a plastic pack but uh um you know tops and fleer and, and don rust they all had that wax and uh, of course a lot of cards sometimes could uh, could could uh, be damaged by that wax a lot of us collectors know that uh just with with the stain on that on that very last card and uh but the you know the the, the 89 upper deck you, it had a different smell it had a different texture it had a glossy like appearance on the front um it it just it, it wasn't like a, a busy card the card itself didn't have a lot of a lot of color, a lot of glitz and glamour to it, like like uh, some of the other cards that were out in 1989, even 1988, even 1987. Okay, it didn't it didn't try to grab you. It was it was simple, you know. They had the white border, uh, you know, and the 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 baseline on the right side there, and that was pretty much it. Through a upper deck label and the name, and 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 went with it. And for me as a collector, that's that's what grabbed me. And my attention right away to uh, to 1989 Upper Deck, 
besides that smell, there's something about that smell even to this day. Um, I it just it it's it's different than all other packs of cards that you opened. I don't know if a lot of us can remember that. The uh, uh, but the '89 upper deck, um, you know, it holds. Uh, it, it, it's it's I was saying it it, it holds a very uh, common uh, commonality to it to to print that or to open that card from a pack and get it from a pack, you know. So of '89, it was card number one. Um, you know, and speaking of card number one. You know, that inaugural year for, for 1989 Upper Deck, you know, it was really the great debate. Who's going to be card number one? Who's going to lead off the inaugural year for 1989 Upper Deck? And, uh, you know, it, it uh, you know, of course, in 1988, you had you had good superstar rookies that came out that really showed themselves right away. Um, that, that people are like, oh, man, you know, this is the next king of baseball, Greg Jeffries, right? Or Mark Grace, or or uh, uh, Alomar, Roberto Alomar, um, but actually, what happened for 1989 Upper Deck is they were trying to decide who we we're going to put. The company itself was trying to decide uh, who's going to go on the cover, or not the cover, but the uh, that card number one. And one of their employees that worked for them decided, you know. Um, how about King Griffey Jr.? How about we put him in on on the cover? Of course, upper deck employees, you know the those those the bosses who, who not really hearing of them, you know, who's this King Griffey Jr.? Uh, turns out after they did a little looking and sure enough, you know they're finding King Griffey Jr. He's the next superstar. He's the next uh, big name to hit baseball and and uh, coming out of San Bernardino and and uh, he he ended up on. Uh, on as that card number one and and really if it wasn't for for uh tom gidman i think i'm saying his name right of upper deck who's only like like 15 or 16 years old working for him if it wasn't for him to say hey how about putting this guy on there you know uh we might not have the same response with that king griffey jr rookie card for 1989 and it was so massively produced I mean, Upper Deck was just pushing cards out. They were just pushing product out because everybody wanted it. It was so massively produced, the and and everybody wanted that 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 junior card. The other companies, Tops and Don Russ, or or, or Fleer and Don Russ specifically, and 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 Bowman, part of the the, the Tops group, um, to get their to get that card. Uh, out, you know, they they had to start producing more. Man, they flare flare flooded the market with with uh, 1989 uh, King Griffey Jr. rookie cards. I mean, they just flooded the market. It was became simple to to pull a junior rookie out of one of their boxes. And Don Russ did the same thing. They flooded the market with with their rookie cards with you know for that for Junior and Upper Deck same concept. They're they're flooding the market. And it forced Don Russ and Fleer to to pay a little bit more attention to what was being produced and what was being put out there. Because what was subsequently happening with Fleer is, of course, Fleer was pushing their product out to keep up with that upper deck. And they ended up having so many errors on their card. 
I, I mean, I, they, they still find errors to this day. Uh, you look at the Randy Johnson uh, 89 Fleer card. If you look at that one, how many variations of that card are out there where you got the Marlboro sign in the back that's that's miscolored or visible or not visible? Look at the Bill Ripken, you know. Uh, we all know the history of the Bill Ripken card. Um, but they, they pushed these cards out and missed so many errors. While, while Don Russ product, it was a clean product. They didn't have a lot of errors in it. Um, but it was a common card. You could, you could easily pick up a pack of Don Russ at the, at the, the store for relatively cheap, but it just wasn't, it wasn't as popular. Don Russ always had miscut problems. They always had centering problems. While Upper Deck came out, and they were, they were pretty close. They were pretty spot on. And, uh, and, and, and the 89 Upper Deck didn't have a lot of errors in it comparable to, to the other products with Don Russ and Fleer. And, you know, you had the, you had the Dale Murphy reverse negative. You had the, was it the Sandy uh, Alomar uh, card? I think that was an error. But the uh, uh, 89 Upper Deck was just, it, it was just different. And people wanted it. It was the new card, the new kid on the block, like Ken Griffey Jr., and everybody wanted it. And it it for today's, you know, if you look at record breaking and stuff like that, today, that card number one from 1989 Upper Deck, the junior rookie, holds the record for all graded cards out there. It's been graded more than than any card in the history of grading cards. Now we're gonna talk about graded cards here in a little while, but but for all intents and purposes, that card has been graded more than any other card out of football, baseball, basketball, hockey, racing, any other card that's out there. It's been graded the most. Um, it's just that's how popular it is. Now, why are there so many King Griffey Jr. upper deck cards out there other than what I've already explained? Upper deck also had a problem that uh, because it was card number one, uh, when they would print card number one, uh, you know, on that, on that sheet of a hundred cards, because that's how they were done back then. Uh, where was card number one on that sheet of a hundred cards? Top left-hand corner of that sheet. So when the guy at the factory, which was just a small printing plant, was, uh, was pulling these, these sheets of cards, uh, and stacking them to be cut prior to being cut after they were printed, he's throwing these sheets into the, kind of into the, the machine that they make certain it's, you know, everything's in there nice and neat, but he was banging that top left corner of that King Griffey Jr. rookie card. Uh, so it became very common to pull a junior rookie card with a banged up left corner, top left corner. And customers started giving their feedback to Upper Deck. Hey, your, your cards are coming damaged. This card number one's coming damaged. You know, this is, this is the holy grail. And you know, it's damaged. What do we do? So Upper Deck had to respond. And how did Upper Deck respond? They started producing sheets of 100 King Griffey Jr. rookie cards. That was the only thing on that. So they were meeting this demand by just printing King Griffey Jr. rookie cards. And the way they were getting them out to the public was, send us your old damaged card. We're going to send you a new one. So that's what was taking place. People were sending in their old juniors with this banged up corner and the new ones were coming out that were that were clean and 
and uh, and everything ready for the market. Plus, these new cards were getting put into packs of the high series, so the the market was getting flooded. It was continually being flooded, both with the with the the offset of people trading in the their old cards for the new clean ones, plus the high series now that's out, on top of the fact of what is Upper Deck going to do with these old cards? Now, I don't know what Upper Deck did with the old cards that were being sent in. Did they destroy them? Did they end up hitting the market some other way? Well, it's not for me to decide. Who knows? Um, but I could tell you that uh, that the uh, the market was uh, was flooded with uh, with Junior, and that's why it is so common today when you run into any collector, any hobbyist that collected, uh, you know, these 1989 Upper Decks that, you know, they got more than one King Griffey Jr. Uh, rookie card. I look at I look at my collection and and I have uh, four or five myself of the upper deck. If I if I look at my Fleer, I I probably got about 15 of the Fleer and about 10 of the Don Russ. But uh, so yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty common card to have pulled uh, from a pack. A lot of people have more than one. Uh, it it because Junior is is a ambassador to the game. He's you know the superstar hall of famer uh his card retained that value and it has a lot of value today you could pick them up on on ebay you know on a good day 20 bucks uh but you can sometimes you could pick them up a lot more expensive than that for an ungraded version while a graded version if it's going to score a nine or a ten you might be paying in excess of over a hundred dollars for one maybe more um and it's, uh, you know, uh, with, with upper deck flood in that market and, and exchanging the, the bad banged up left corners for the, for the clean ones, the sharp ones, there's a lot of tens out there for, for King Griffey Jr. Um, I'll, uh, I'll look at stats on that and I'll post the numbers on, uh, on Facebook later of how many graded uh, junior cards are out there and, uh, and what has scored tens and nines? We'll we'll post those stats and get it going. But uh, yeah, so that's you know 1989 King Griffey Jr. If it wasn't for uh, Tom Geedman, if I'm saying his name right, from from the Upper Deck Company, uh, Jr. might not have been that number one card. And and who knows, the value of his cards might have been a lot less than where they're at. Uh, it's uh, it's really hard to say. But so yeah, 1989. King Griffey Jr. Um, the uh, you can you, you can pull the the upper deck and the Don Russ and the Fleer and the Bowman from packs, but uh, the Don Russ uh, the rookies and the score traded and the tops traded and tops traded Tiffany. You have to buy sets if you want to get those. Um, I can tell you if you're wanting to pull that that tops Tiffany though, if you want to get that tops Tiffany, you're gonna you're gonna be paying a hefty price for that one. Uh, I think uh, I think Beckett listed it for like. Uh, what is Beckett listing it for? Um, well, I know the Bowman Tiffany version is going for 200. The uh, let's see, the Tops traded is 50 bucks. That's for the Top traded Tiffany. No, the Top traded regular is eight bucks. Um, so yeah, the, the 1989 Tops heads up. It, it was a test card uh, at 600 bucks. I've never seen one of those. I'd like to get my hands on one of those. I'd like to get my hands on a lot of the junior rookies, but 
yeah so that's uh that's the deal with 89 upper deck junior rookie uh some of you may have seen on my facebook page the junk era sports cards that i recently sent in about 100 cards i think i sent in 102 103 cards all together to uh, gma grading um it's a it's another uh, grading company that's that's out there. They've been around for for several years now, um, and of course are in the market to compete against PSA and and uh, Beckett Grading Service and you know to uh, do good things as those companies are doing. I will tell you before I get into these graded cards that that uh, you know I I kind of have my opinion about graded cards. I'll tell you uh, I think it's um, as a collector standpoint, how do I say this without bashing the industry? On a collector standpoint for your own personal collection, I think it's pretty cool. I think it's pretty neat to have graded cards. Um, paying that that high price of 15, 16, 17, 18 dollars to get a card graded, oh, I, man, that's a hard pill to swallow. Um, I would rather uh, uh, not pay that price for getting a card graded and again it's real subjective when you have a card graded because it's somebody looking at the card and they're going to say this card's a 10 or this card's a 9 or this card's an 8 or you know something's wrong with the card or the card's perfect and in actuality it's not you know so it's really it's really up to a human to look at that card uh, well, the problem with that is we're humans and we make errors. That, that's It's a fact of reality. And uh, so I don't necessarily agree with the whole grading process. These these guys at, at PSA or Beckett that are grading cards are looking at you know hundreds of thousands of cards a day to meet this demand. I, I think Beckett just closed down their 10-day return until they can figure out what to do to uh, to meet the demand that they're getting. Uh, for getting cards graded and because uh, they just can't they can't hire enough employees that have the eye that that keen eye to find a perfect card or a bad card or you know that imperfection on a card to give it a grade that's that it warrants um, so it's 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 really subjected to the person that's that's grading it and for the resale value once you get a card graded, in my opinion, it is only as valuable as what someone would pay for it. So just because you're running a 10 on a card, I might, you know, the card regularly non-graded might be two or three dollars, and you want to, you got a 10 and you want to sell it for, for 10 or 15 or 30 dollars. I don't know if I'm going to pay that for it for a, a gym mint 10 on a card. It's you know, it's it's really subjective to things um, because it's when I'm going to buy it. Well, do I want to spend that kind of money to buy that card, or or do I wait and hold out for one that might come in lower? Um, so, you know, it's grading. I'm 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 not a fan of it per se for for resale value because I don't like paying over inflated prices for graded cards on, on something again that's that's uh somebody judging it saying that's what it's worth 
Now, hey, if, if the industry can come out with something that's based upon a computer looking at a card and saying, bam, this card is a Jim Mint 10, well, then I might be all for it a little bit more. Uh, but until that day comes, um, I'm probably not going to submit cards to Beckett to get graded or to PSA to get graded. If I do, I'm going to continue to send them to GMA just because $3 a card for anything less than 100 or $2.50 for 100 or more cards, you can't beat that price versus the Beckett and the, the, the PSA grades. Uh, with that said, I've, I've, I've pulled out a whole bunch of different cards that I have in my collection that are from different grading companies. And I kind of wanted to talk about each one of these because I know some collectors, you're going to send your cards in. You, you want your cards to get graded, um, you know, maybe for your own personal value or maybe you want resale value. But, but I, would, I would just tell you guys all, be careful what you're looking for out there. Even I have fell victim to it. And uh, not every card is, is, when they say is a 10, is it a 10? Because they're not. And uh, uh, there's a lot of fly-by-night companies out there that are there just to make a buck off of you and rip you off. There's a lot of collectors out there to do the same thing. And I'm going to show you some of these examples. Um, but before we get into it, I'll, I'll start showing you uh, some of these fly-by-night companies where I would tell you just be cautious, okay? So this one right here, and again, if you guys want to want to see what I'm talking about, go to my uh, Facebook page. I'm going to post a video on there of this podcast and that you're also listening to right now. But So this one right here is uh, graded by Jim Grading Incorporated. Um, other than looking at this card... I've never heard of Jim Grading Incorporated. Okay, but it scored a 10. Okay, so Jim Grading Incorporated gave this uh, this card a, a, a Jim Mint 10. Um, I'm sure there have been some. I'm sure there's some people on this listen to this podcast right now that has heard of of Jim Grading. Um, but I bet you there's a lot that haven't. So just because it's graded by Jim Grading doesn't mean it's going to meet the mark of, uh, uh, of being thoroughly graded for, uh, for, you know, deficiencies on that card. Uh, next one, uh, this one is one of my favorite ones to, to look at. Um, just because it, I find this one pretty ridiculous uh, is, uh, graded rookies authenticated. So here's another company I've never heard of. They put it in a nice fancy screw down case. Um, looks like they shaved the screws off. I'm going to pull a little bit closer so you can, you guys can see. Looks like they might have shaved the screws off on it. Let's see if we can get that to focus in a little bit. Um, let's see. There we go. So, yeah. I don't know. They put little little rubber sliders on the back. Maybe that's where the screw's at is underneath those things. Uh, but they say the centering and corners and edges and surface are all, all tens. You know, they give it these high marks. Um, again, I'm going to fall back and say, who the hell is graded rookies authenticated? Because guess what, guys? I've never heard of them. Uh, if you have, uh, wonderful. But uh, are they still grading cards? Because I don't know. I did quick Google searches, and 
I couldn't find anything listing a company still in operation for graded rookies authenticated. Um, a lot of uh, pretty shady reviews on them, though, that's for certain. So another one is, um, I want to come back to that gym, though. One. I'm going to set that one aside. But So another one um, is, is this one here. It is a uh, professional grading authority. That's the company that graded this one. Uh, professional grading authority. You can see it right there on the card. Um, they got a nice, nice little label in there. It's, you know, looks pretty, pretty professional, right? Uh, that might be about the only thing that's professional about that. Because if I look at the top of this card, especially on the back side, that's a pretty rough edge right through there. I don't know if I would have gave this one a 10, but that's why I'm not a grader. So, um, but yeah, this one, this one scored a 10. BGA, Professional Grading Authority. Yeah, okay. This might, you know, I, I'm looking at, this might have been one you could have pulled from a, oh, a pack back in 2001, 2002. I don't remember. I know there was a company that was doing that for a while. Um, but this one here, the next one that I'm about to show is one where I have definitely fell victim to the scam, to the to the, uh, oh, you got me kind of deal. So uh, right here, we have a 2017 Leaf Stars uh, Ronald Akua rookie card, number 34. Jim Mint 10, his first graded. Wait a second, first his first graded? No, no, no. First graded, that's the name of the company, first graded. I'm gonna put something up next to this one. You, some of you guys are probably already looking at that thinking, hey, that looks an awful lot like PSA look at that got me that's what I thought it was it was a PSA card when I uh, ended up purchasing that card off of eBay uh, but in reality it is a first graded so quick Google search on first graded basically uh, you can find uh, a lot of uh, negative feedback about this company and um, seems that they hand out tens and there might even be a few sellers on eBay that are in cahoots with first graded. Um, I'm not even 100% certain that first graded is still around. But um, there it is, Jim Mint 10, first graded. Looks an awful lot like a PSA grade. Got that red border, white label. You even flip it over. Looks pretty, uh, pretty official to me, you know, on the back there. Let's see if I got some other ones. Uh, I've got some other PSAs that I'll be showing in a little bit. So yeah, uh, first graded. Another uh, another company that is saying a 10. I'm even going to show you a little something on this card. It's hard to see, but we'll zoom in a little bit if we can. That top left corner there, it's, it's, it's really hard to see, but um, it's actually a little rough. Um, I don't think I would have gave it a 10. I'd have probably gave it a 9. But I said it before. That's why I'm not the grader. So, um, so we had the, we had, I want to come back to the, to, to this card. You guys remember me showing it here a little bit ago, the, the Jim 10, uh, by Jim Grading Incorporated. I will tell you, uh, the case itself 
is a pretty nice case. Um, I don't know how they sealed it. Uh, they could have they could have just stuffed the card. It could seal that way. I don't know, but it's a pretty nice case. I don't know if it's glued or however they do it. I don't know a lot about these things, but um, yeah. So your little nick on the case though, but that's just from from me from the wear and tear. Uh, but yeah, that's a pretty sturdy case, and I like it. There's uh, there is some movement in the card a little bit, but uh, one thing I liked about it is they actually put a penny sleeve in with the card. So, you know, maybe at one time Jim Grading was was okay, but uh, I don't know. So they put that penny sleeve. I think that's the only one I have with a penny sleeve so far that we've looked at. Yeah, none of these others. Um, might be something going on with that Barry Sanders. They might have him in like a penny sleeve. So... Anyways, so I wanted to come to a few others. Um, I want to talk about PSA. Um, PSA is uh, they have their they have they have uh, PSA is probably one of the leaders in, in in grading. If anybody wants to say there's a leader in grading, they they probably hold it. They've changed their design a few times over the years. Here's a good example of this one. Um, this, uh, you got the, the PSA label here is different than this PSA label. So they're, they're different. Um, but I couldn't tell you which one was graded first. By looking at numbers, the serial numbers, I would say this PSA was graded first. And then they went to this one with the hollow for more authentication and prevent counterfeiting and stuff. Um, obviously, uh, uh, PSA is a, a pretty good leader in it. There is movement with their cards. You can get it. In their cases, there is movement, so your card is going to move around a little bit. Uh, that's just that's that's just the way some things are, I guess. Uh, but you remember, you're paying what for a PSA graded card? Fifteen bucks, I think, something like that. Maybe maybe a little more, maybe a little less. While uh, um, you know Beckett, I don't think Beckett moves around. Even this one, even this Dwight Gooden moves around. So so again, there's 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 movement in there their cases um their cases you know it's it's decent at, at best it's comparable to to gma which is who i sent my cards to we'll uh i'll show you a gma case here in a little bit um but i want to show you another one from psa i bought this off of uh, ebay several years back um and this is a, a 2006 top Sterling Reggie Jackson, the Sterling Moments Relic. It's a 10 of 10. And it scored a, it graded a 9, but uh, it's a relatively thick card. But PSA really, really hyped it up on this one. They really protect this one. It's in a, a I've never seen another PSA card in a, in a case like this. There's, there's no movement. Um, it's, it's, you know, very, pretty well protected. I guess there's a little bit of movement, but. It's nice case, pretty well protected. Doesn't fit in a, any storage box that I have uh, all that well. I have to put it in kind of sideways, and it takes up a lot of room. But I want to show you the backs of here. So you got the backs right here as well. Um, you can see the difference in it. So the, uh, but yeah, I wanted to show you guys this case here, um, so you guys could see how. They encase this Reggie Jackson card. So Beckett, let's talk about Beckett. So, 
some years back, two or three years ago, uh, I got the call from Beckett. You know, hey, I saw you subscribe. You know, it's uh, some some uh, Indian guy by the name of of Mitchell or something like that. That's uh, uh, can barely uh, barely pronounce words, though he probably pronounces them better than I do. Um, trying to sell me a subscription to Beckett, you know, at a reduced price, trying to sell it at a year, and they'll call you every day for three, four weeks straight, um, and uh, trying to get you to subscribe to Beckett, and they'll even throw in their graded card service. You know, hey, you can send in six cards, uh, it'll be free, you just got to pay for shipping, blah, 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 blah. Okay, that's Beckett's deal, all right? And so I fell, I fell for that one. I did it. And the one time that I sent in cards to them, actually I sent in, I sent in 12 altogether because I had two of those, those special deals that I could do. Um, so I combined them all and, and sent them in. Um, one of the cards I sent in was this, uh, this 2015 Panini Prism uh, autograph Corey Seager. Uh, came back at 10, pristine. Autographs a 10, the card itself is a 10, the centering was a 10, the edges a 10, the surface a 10, the corners uh, were 9.5. Okay, whatever. Cases, the case, I mean, really you can't beat Beckett's grades. Uh, they're grading cases. They are phenomenal for, for the industry. They do set the standard in that. Um, the case itself isn't worth, you know, 15 bucks or 18 bucks or whatever they charge. But it's a it's a pretty sturdy case. There is there is some movement. I do feel some movement in there of the card. But other than that, you know, it, all in all, it was good. Of course, I was very happy with that grade. Um, but sometimes Beckett sends stuff back like this, and then you got to go through the hassle of sending this stuff back to Beckett to get it re-encased so that case is all cracked or whatever on the side there it's embedded in the case it's not not on the outside um but that's what it that's what it came back as it's all all cracked and everything else now i emailed beckett about it and they're like oh well just send us the card back and and we'll send it out you know no charge to you blah 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 blah, blah. and you know what i just didn't want the hassle didn't want to do it and that really discouraged me from sending anything back to Beckett again because when I when a collector spends that much money to have a card graded though in my case I didn't spend the money because it was all included on the subscription that I had they shouldn't get a case back that looks like this this should be caught before it leaves the mail room or before it's packaged and said hey we got an error on this case let's fix it we got a defect on this case let's it should be caught and the collector should be getting a a good product back including the case and everything not some junk that looks like this um and they shouldn't make excuses saying the heat caused it or the weather caused it in the pack I, I just find that to be baloney so don't feel me full of crap and you know maybe maybe i would uh, uh recommend beckett a little bit more but so yeah beckett Sends crap back like that. Um, Beckett also has uh, another grading service, which is a lot cheaper. I think I think it may be ten bucks or something, and that's the BCCG 
um, and they'll give it a they'll give it a grade, uh, but that's all they do. Unlike their their other ones where they're grading corners and and centering and edges and surface, Beckett would just say, oh, it's a ten or a nine or an eight, and it, obviously it's a it's a reduced fee. Um, so uh, that's you know I don't even know if BCCG is still around if they still do this, but they might, but then again they might not, but. So that used to be an option. Maybe it still is an option. Um, now, a lot of you saw the, the raw video that I put on on, uh, on Facebook the other day of, of the cards I got back from, from GMA. And uh, um, I'll show you some of them that I got back. Uh, first, we're going to start off with, with how I heard about GMA. Basically, I bought a, bought a card off of uh, eBay. I probably bought this card years ago, to tell you the truth, and because uh, I'm a big fan of Bo Jackson, and I was going through my graded cards one day, and I saw the the email address, and before I even went to the website, I just did a did a search on it, and you know there was kind of some negative reviews out there. Oh, GMA, GMA, and you know what? Maybe their grading scale is a little off. Maybe they are. Uh, maybe they hand out tans a little bit more frequently than say Beckett or PSA uh, but for the price of two dollars and fifty cents or three dollars you know I started thinking uh, maybe I can gather some cards up they they offer protection their cases their case that they have I don't see a difference really in fact I think it might be a little thicker than PSAs so the card case itself I think is just a hair more durable than PSAs um, there is movement. Of course, this is the old case. Okay, I'm gonna put a new one up to up to the PSA as well. Okay, but there is movement. Okay, like all of them have had so far. And uh, so let's pull out another another uh, GMA. So here's one that I got back also the other day. Some of you guys might have saw this one when I pulled it, um, but we'll put it together. Yeah, it's still the same thing. I still think that card is still. Uh, that case is still just a smidge thicker than uh, than the other than a PSA case. So, uh, in some regards, I think their cases are are better quality than than PSAs. But on a grading standpoint, you know, I think PSA is going to be uh, you know if you want to have that resale value you know you're probably going to want to go to PSA over GMA just because of namesake right now so um, yeah but if you want to pay that price by all means do it so the GMA card um, so this one came back at 10 uh, you guys might remember in in the other video that I posted uh, just over half the cards out of that hundred maybe like 60 out of the the hundred came back as tens, and this was one of them. But uh, so maybe they're a little liberal on uh, on giving tens out. But um, I think my lowest grade I got back in that whole thing was a seven. So this was a, a GMA return. One of the things that I was not happy about with uh, with GMA and what they sent back was their attention to detail. Now, we've already focused on Beckett's attention to detail. We saw that they didn't give a damn of they didn't give a damn about the case that it, that they that the card was in when they sent it to me, the condition of that case. 
you know, the, the case itself was all, all cracked and beat up. Okay. So, uh, they could have did better on that. I think a lot of people, if you do any search on, on grading errors or, you know, grading, you're going to find something on, 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 uh, YouTube that uh, shows the, the condition of, of these, uh, or not the condition, but the, the attention to detail on this. And this is one of them where I think maybe they fat fingered the label. I don't know what they did wrong other than not paying attention to detail. And if you look here, you can see, let's see if we can get a better focus on this. It says, uh, let's see if we can get the focus in. It says 1998 Don Russ Best, Ricky Henderson. Well, uh, this is a, this is a Don Russ Best, but uh, it's a 1988, not a 1998. So this is uh, a good, a, a good um, visual of a uh, card that they messed up on and you know I don't know so much if a 10 should have been warranted because I think you guys can see in this right here uh, you know that corner is not squared up it's got a little roundness to it it's a little round and so is this one down here it's a little round so I don't know if this one should have scored a 10, in my opinion. But they gave it to me. This isn't something I'm going to resell. This is something I'm going to hold on to. Big fan of Ricky Henderson. Wanted to get it in a case. Hey, get a little grade on it. You know, maybe my kids will look at this and go, oh, wow, this is this is good. You know, this is a good card that Dad collected back in the day. Uh, they don't know anything about cards. They have no interest in it. Wish they did. So, um, yeah, so that's... You know that's uh, that's grading in a nutshell. You get you get a lot of companies that are kind of fly by night. You get a few others that are a little bit more reputable. Um, my opinion, uh, I think if I was to go with the high dollar grading, I would probably send in to PSA only. I just think PSA's uh, a little bit more focused on that attention to detail. Than, than Beckett is. Um, I'm not necessarily a fan of Beckett in general. I think, I think Beckett in general is uh, uh, kind of ripping the industry off a little bit. But um, you know, I would probably send in the PSA. I'm not saying PSA is the best. Maybe you guys know of a company that you like better. Um, but you know, Beckett. You've seen examples of that. You've seen examples of PSA. You've seen examples of GMA. You've seen uh, examples of Jim and and professional grading authority and first graded. I'm gonna tell you guys, if you guys are buying a first graded card, though, seriously, you're morons. So so don't do it. Don't buy the first graded. Let's run companies like that out of business. Definitely. They. Uh, I can't believe. I mean, I I got took. There it is again, first graded. And I'm a moron because I bought it not paying attention. I wanted a Ronald Lacua graded card. Why? After I'm pointing my finger at the industry saying, you know, graded is really a scam, but first graded is definitely a scam and the people on eBay selling it, shame on you. So yeah. Hey, if you guys got questions about uh, anything you saw today, um, 
go ahead and ask away on Facebook. Uh, the podcast will be coming out on uh, Anchor. That's where it's initially going to come out, is on Anchor. And then in the next few weeks, it'll start populating on other uh, podcast sites like Apple and, and Google and, and some of those other ones. Um, but uh, you can see the video of this podcast, and there'll be a link of this podcast posted on the Facebook page, Junk Era Sports Cards. And, you know, share it away, tell your friends, whatever. And I think uh, when I get around to the third podcast, I want to do a little little promotion because I'd like to know who's who's listening to these podcasts besides the, the two subscribers that are listening to them, right? Uh, my mom and my friend, right? And uh, uh, maybe some of you other guys are. But even if you just watch the video on my Facebook page, hey, cool, give me a like, give me a share, and, and let's get the word out and... And we'll do a little promotion here. I'm going to give something away here, and I think in a few weeks, and and uh, we'll go from there. But anyways, hey, uh, it's been fun, and I, I hope I gave you guys a little information on the 1989 King Griffey Jr. And I hope I gave you guys some uh, information on graded cards. Um, be careful what you're what you're uh, buying out there, and remember, it's uh, graded cards are all up to all up to a human to say that card's worth a worth a 10 or a 9 or whatever so um i don't know it's really up to you guys just like it's it is to me when i buy a graded card or send my cards in the gma but anyways you guys have a wonderful day wonderful night a wonderful week and uh i uh, look forward to hearing from you guys later